Hello and welcome to Rodcast with me, Lee Durrant. Um, this is the podcast where we, we learn how Salesforce experts started their careers many years ago and, and get under the skin of what it's like to work in the Salesforce ecosystem. Um, you know, ever wondered how someone rose to the ranks of a head of practice at, at a consultancy or perhaps became a CTO? Then, then this is the podcast to listen to. Um, we'll also get some, some real life tips from them and advice on on what you can do in your Salesforce career. So, um, yeah, hope you enjoy. Hello and welcome to Rodcast with me, Lee Durrant. Uh, in this particular episode, we are uh, talking with Amanda Beard-Nilsson, who has been in the Salesforce industry for 12 years. Um, her journey has gone from accidental Salesforce admin to CTO, which is um, unbelievable. Um, obviously, I wanted to understand how she got into Salesforce and, and what her journey has been like and if, if there are any tips for you guys out there. So uh, without further ado, I hope you enjoy the episode. So hello, Amanda. Well, welcome to our podcast and, and um, thanks for agreeing to do this. How are you, mate? Hello, Lee. Uh, thanks very much for inviting me to do this. I'm really nice. well, actually. It's, uh, it's a nice uh, summer's day, so it's uh, what's not to like, really. Yes, exactly. And um, as I say, you know, I've just been talking to you off off the uh, podcast but uh, just to let you know people listening as well this is a, a bit of a podcast to find out the journey of you know, sort of pe- people like you and your sort of legendary status in Salesforce and kind of how it began and and what, what, what's happened to you over the last um, I want to say 10 years I'm not sure exactly how how many it's years? actually it's 12 years actually I've been playing with Salesforce so uh, quite quite a long time oh my god yeah so um that's that's that, that's what the questions are aimed at really just so people listening can understand how you got into it what's happened since and all that sort of stuff um so really I'll, I'll just get straight into asking you some some nice questions and it obviously your Salesforce journey starts at the beginning so where what, what were you doing in the lead up to Salesforce, so what was your career and your, you know, what, what is your, your perception of your career going to be before Salesforce fell in your lap? Yeah, very, very different actually. I had a sort of sales, marketing, and PR background before uh, Salesforce came into my life. I didn't have at all any aspirations of of IT. My background for my studying was was business uh, business studies, so I had a very business orientated. Uh, starting of career and I worked in sales I, I was classically trained as sales really understood the whole methodology of two ears and one mouth and use yeah. that accordingly which has really helped actually for, for a lot of those life skills when it comes to talking with clients afterwards and as part of this world and really helping to understand what their pains are what their requirements are listening is a massive skill for that so you know, even though you might come from a different direction, it doesn't mean that you can't change direction. And they now also now say that when you have a career now, you might have very different careers, maybe up to five different careers as part of your whole career journey. So mm. even though you've started from a different background, it doesn't mean that you can't change direction. And I think it's also very healthy for a person to change direction because it can, it can keep you sparking and it keep you interested in, in doing something and keep you learning as well. And that's so, a good thing. Sorry, yeah. go on. No, no so, so that was my, my background was actually in business. And, and that's how I actually ended up discovering myself being in business development. So I was looking at your, what, the degree you did, because so many times you look at people and, and uh, you know, the, perhaps their degree is, is kind of not relevant to what ended up happening to them. But I would have thought a degree in business administration has, has, has been quite, quite relevant for you. It was. And in fact, uh, so I suppose I'll tell the story of, of actually me growing up, really, because <laughs> as a kid... 
uh, I would, uh, you know, you get school reports as a kid and many of the school reports would come through like, Amanda's a lovely girl. She likes to chat, hence what we're doing here. Um, and so my dad would read them and he would think, well, that's really nice. She must be stupid. <laughs> and uh, true. And, and, and thought, well, maybe she could be a secretary when she grows up. And, uh, oh, she seems to have a flair for languages. Maybe she could be a bilingual secretary. <laughs> so, so this was my, my background. And so I did you know, well in GCSE. So, okay, I'll do A-levels. And it was just sort of fell into education, kept falling into education again. So I did A-levels and then I got the A-levels I needed. So, okay, I'll do a degree. And I was the first in my family to do a degree. Really? Before, yeah, yeah there had been apprentices or my mum actually went to secretarial college. It was not a, a thing for any of the family, no expectation, especially no expectation for me to go and do that. They, again, they thought I was going to be a secretary and I was going to uh, marry someone in insurance because I would then get cheap premiums. Yeah, well, no, it surpassed <laughs> all their expectations, which is fantastic. Um, yeah. Okay, then, so, so what was... Obviously, you got your early career, then doing the, the, the sales stuff, which, um, as you rightly say, is giving you that, that ability to, to have uh, to, to you know, communicate, um, which is fantastic. So where, what was the first taste of Salesforce? I'm going to guess it was using it then in the sales realm. Is that right? Or no, well, yes and no. It was, uh, I guess I was working in a business development team. At that point, I'd actually had enough of doing that the pure sales part. I was, I was over with the targets because targets always move. And, uh, and I was kind of over that. So I said, in this particular role, I will help you build the team. I will build processes. I will help build a whole uh, library for, for responding to uh, RFPs and the whole procurement side of things. And then uh, I was helping with all of that. And my director turned around one day and said, we don't know who our customers are. We need a CRM. And I looked and went, uh, CR what? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and uh, so good old Google get onto that and and started looking up things. Saw things like Dynamics, even like Sage or something back then, and yeah. saw Salesforce. And this was twelve years ago. And I looked at Salesforce and I had a little play with it because there were demos and you could have a little look around. And it was quite simple back then. And I thought, you know what? If I can get this and I can, I can, I don't get lost. I can go back to the home. Look, little dancing man. That's a lead. Okay, good. And here was a a coin. That's an opportunity. Great. I get it. <laughs> So if I can get it, another sales user is going to get it. A colleague will understand this. And so we chose Salesforce under, because of what I, I saw and I liked. So, uh, yeah, I know. That was you know, quite impressive, really. So we bought it in and we got involved with Alton, who helped to actually build it. And I became sort of the analyst stroke PM who ran around and collected the data we needed, would capture the information, would test things, who would suddenly start seeing in front of me this system being built. And the beauty of Salesforce is, is like the magic that happens in front of you as a customer who sees it for the first time and where they go in the setup and they go, oh, you want to move this stuff around when they start playing with page layouts. It's such a simple thing, but it brings a customer on board because one minute you're going, I don't really like it. It's not really working for me because it doesn't do this, this and this. And they go, okay, click, 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 refresh. Now, how does that look for you? Like, oh, it's amazing. Yeah, because I suppose people... 12 years ago, whilst that doesn't sound like a long time, and uh, I'm, I remember, well, I'm sure people, other people will, you know, that are old enough will remember when IT, if you wanted something to be changed, it just took forever. So the yeah. fact that you could do something like that so quickly is, is quite exciting, isn't it? Well, it was then, it probably still is now, to, to be fair. But, yeah, do you know what? Know. It still gets customers every time now because they see it and they say the changes straight away and they're like, oh, okay, that's really cool, cool. And the adoption part just starts falling into place because they're now having that sort of responsive uh, element to it and the one minute that I don't really like this okay I can change it 
oh, you really can. Wow, that's really cool. It also can be dangerous because at that same point, they start thinking moon on a stick time. They go, can we mm. do this? And can we do that? And you're like, uh, hold on. <laughs> oh, I'm, yeah, we're, we're guilty of that here. I mean, I, and I, because we use Salesforce as well and have done for 10 years and it, it, we, we definitely did that. Oh, can I put that button there and this button there? And what if, what if this and that? And you have all these ideas that actually you end up mm. just being a waste of time. But um, I guess that's where your experience of listening and maybe pushing back come, comes in handy. Um, yeah, it does. And you start learning. I mean, I've, I've, since that moment of, of watching this system come alive, I then went on an admin course. I then became the admin for the company and helped people do all the training. One minute I'm training a customer service person all the way up to the CEO. I'm like, this is the system. This is how we're going to use it. Let's go. I did all the board reports. And I did some really daft things as well. I mean, you know, this is, this is where you first learn your first uh, first admin role and working in production and doing things that you shouldn't do, but that's yeah. part of the learning. So, you know, you go on from that really and learn. Just to go back on that then. So my next, the next obvious question was going to be, when did you know you wanted to do it as a career? Was, mm-hmm. did, does that sort of dovetail with you going on that admin course? Did, did, did you pay for it? Did, you know, did they look after you and stick you on that course? And is that when you thought I'm going to, this is a career now for me, do you think? Or did that come later? That wasn't. Yeah, that, oh yeah much later, years later. And oh, Trailhead right. even conceived. I mean, this was back in 2007. So, you know, the idea of these certifications was very, very young back then. Yeah. So I went on the course and there was like, oh, maybe there was this test, but it wasn't really in my mindset at all. And, and then I did the admin side of things. And then actually within the company itself, I moved into IT and I did other uh, IT elements. So I, I ran how to do all the IT procurement. I built an asset database. I used to manage all of the kit as well. I used to look after suppliers. I looked, understood about server rooms and did procurement mm-hmm. to do big databases. Right. There, there was a, there was an other part of IT that I started to learn about. And when they wanted me to go and do all the procurement, I went, you know what, that's not the direction I want to go into. Actually, I, I enjoy IT. I enjoy the project work of IT as well. And that's when my leaning sort of started moving. So Salesforce opened me up to the world of IT. I then went into IT and learned some other aspects of it. And then I went into, cons- uh, into contracting because I decided to take a, a, a leap, really, because they wanted me to do the procurement. And then I jumped out. Well, OK, so ha- just um, re- re- rewinding a bit. And that, that's quite, I reckon that's quite a, a common theme of a lot of people I speak to who've been doing it now for such a long time. And, and I think um, it, it's, it sounds like it's possibly true of yourself that you kind of get into Salesforce by accident, if you like. And then, oh, yeah. and then that in itself then takes you on this whole new journey and... And, and you know, you're now probably considered to the, the lay person on the street, you're probably considered to be a bit of an IT technical expert when you never really intended to be. Is that, was that fair? Yeah, massively. And the accidental admin really is very, very true. It's something that um, you, you really do fall into. Then you get a passion for it because it's a very approachable technology. And then it can open your eyes up to other technologies as well. So, and for me, yes, I did take a curveball and went into sort of more purist IT elements, but that's really helped me with my whole journey, I suppose, into tech. So that um, it's, it's good for me in that respect. And it helped my career as well. Uh, not everyone's done that though. Someone's kept very purist with Salesforce. So, so that the, you, you then mentioned that you decided, you know, rather than doing everything, I want to focus on Salesforce and therefore go contracting. When are, when are we talking about? What sort of time is that? Are we back well, actually, in? that um, that came a little bit after my my part here. So, I went contracting and did some contracts 
looking at other aspects so more deeper into IT and traditional side of IT things whereby I was looking at sort of more project sides for um, I don't know, there was one project to, to maneuver some people from one code base to another code base and actually I got that gig that was my first contract gig during the interview whereby the, the project itself was quite dull and it was it was horrendous frankly <laughs> and <laughs> live and learn you live and learn yeah but, during the interview itself, they, they turned around and said, yes, well, this is the project we're doing. We're going to be using this thing called Salesforce to manage the project. And I went, oh, Salesforce. I went, oh, have you heard of it? I went, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so the interview turned to a consultancy session where they went, can we do this? And, and can, we, can we do that as well? I went, oh, yeah, yeah, you can do that. Yeah, you can do this as well. They're like, oh, great. So I think I got the gig purely because I actually knew the tool better that they were going to use. Brilliant. And whilst I was bored, stupid on this project, I then did as a bit of a sideline helping the, the actual internal Salesforce admin with, with their day job. We're like, can you test this? I'm having trouble with this report. Yeah, sure. I can look at this. Yeah, I can look at that for you, which actually kept me more motivated in the project. And this is, bef- this is before then you ended up working at um, one of the big partners or the Certainly, one yeah. of the bigger partners. Well, I, I believe one of the one of the first ever partners of Salesforce, which seems yes. crazy to say that now. But so that is that what happened? Then you went from that contract kind of uh, bouncing around helping companies to to then joining uh, Blue Wolf. Yeah, I did. It was uh, for me. It was I went to another contract after that 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 first uh, that first boring gig. Uh, did some other side of things, and then when that finished, that was almost like a year later. I kind of took stock and, and thought, you know, what do I want to do? I've I've had experience now. I've done I've done that great. I've tried a bit of Salesforce. That was interesting. That got me into IT. That was interesting as well. So, mm-hmm. well, what do I want to do? And every time I thought about Salesforce, I smiled. And that's just. <laughs> It's really sad to admit that, that, you know, this piece of technology makes you smile and you feel really happy about it. And so it, for me, it just was like, I've got to do this. I've, I've got to give this a proper go. And uh, went out properly. I did the course again for the ADM because it had been a few years and I hadn't got the certification. So I thought, right, I'm going I'm to do it properly. All and right. I, this is when I paid for myself to go on the certification course. It was over £3,000. I was say, yeah, it was not, it's not cheap. So that's good. Yeah. But it's a good investment yeah. though. Clearly. It is. Yeah, it's very much, you know, I, I'm I very much um, a self-advocate for self-investment and, and improvement, whereas companies will help you. You have to be motivated yourself to do that, you know. So yeah. I did that, got the course, uh, did the course, got the certification, and it gave me then the confidence to turn around and go, you know what, these years that I've actually been working with this tool, I actually do know what I'm talking about. Do you know what? That's, a, that's actually yeah. a really good tip as well because I, yeah. I will ask you for tips later. But you know, yeah. they're going to they're going to little nuggets of gold are going to pop out your mouth along the way. So that <laughs> you, people do. Sometimes you'll speak to people and they'll say, "Oh, no, I'm not certified because my current company doesn't you know back me or doesn't want to do that." Um, mm. And of course, it's a different world now with Trailhead and stuff like that. But I think people, if they really want to progress their career, it's not difficult to go and. Yes, it's an investment, but uh, would you advise them that it's, it's always worth doing that, trying to get certifications if they, if they really want to press on? Yeah, definitely. If it, if it suits their career choice, their certifications can really bolster your whole package and your image. When I mm. certainly look at somebody, I know we're going to talk about this later, um, that I will look at the whole package of what this person brings. So for me, it helped me feel and have the confidence of like, yes, I've got this and I can, I can do it and I can talk about it. And, cool. and then I started looking at, you know, which companies could help me with my sort of Salesforce calling. And, uh, and at the time, it was still quite, quite young. I mean, this was now 2012. And Salesforce is 
getting out there, but there's not so many people out there doing it. No, exactly. And Blue, I remember, um, we, so if you were certified then, I'm guessing you got your ADM 201 then, you must, yeah. you must be, I don't know if you ever looked into this, but you must be one of the first people, you know, one of the first couple of thousand people, certainly in the UK, most likely in the world that were certified, because that's a long time ago to have got it. Have you ever looked at yeah. that? Uh, no, I haven't actually, no. <laughs> no it would be interesting to know. Yeah, it's worth looking at. I don't know, there must be a way of finding out. But yeah, because that's, so that's pretty cool. And yeah, Blue Wolf were the, 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 the main one to go and join. But I imagine back then, they were, they were a very small team in the UK then, weren't they? They were. There was about an office of about 20 of us in oh. the UK with a, a much bigger presence in the US because Blue Wolf was this incubator consultancy that came out of Salesforce. Obviously Salesforce realized that actually we need help to to get people to to get their implementations done. How do we do this? Okay, let's create a consultancy. And then other consultancies sprung up mm. from that. And we then the, the big management consultancies also got wind of of Salesforce and realized they needed to build teams as well or acquire as they've been doing yeah. recent years. So yes, I managed to get a job as uh as a project manager uh within Blue Wolf mainly because whilst I had been doing the admin side of things, it's not my, it's not my real leaning. You know, I'm, I, I am here, the chatty person, I'm the chatty girl who reports back at school. I've kind of got a plate of strengths here. So <laughs> sitting down quietly in a room and just clicking on bits of, of, of config for hours on end actually isn't uh, my, my, my super happy place. And it's much more people orientated, much more organization orientated as well on process so play to the strengths and that's what i did and i went into project management i'm writing these little tips down as you're saying them because i'm going to forget them later on otherwise but that's a really good shout as well isn't it for people yeah. that are listening to this that um are you know really identify with your story in terms of lo- love being in front of or on the phone to people and mm. chatting and, and 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 you know getting their user stories and what have you um to follow that pathway and not get trapped in some role where you're just sat at your laptop configuring all day um yeah. it's, it's a good, good tip um so what was it like because that's one of my questions of course mm. is going to be what, what what's What's it like working for a partner when you've worked at an end user? Um, what's the difference? You know, because you know, there's always this perception of a load of travel and I'm never going to see my family again, that kind of stuff. So w- just if you could, don't mind describing what, what it feels like, the sort of difference between working for an end user, working for a, a partner, and of course, contracting, you know, the, the different sort of um, day-to-day life of those sort of three roles. Yeah, well, consultancy life and end user life can be perceived to be very very different and there can be benefits and downsides to both sides of things so we start about consultancy life um, whilst I started with end user I really really learned my stuff in consultancy and I suppose that's one of the biggest benefits of consultancy is that you are exposed to a, loads of different client scenarios which means that it increases your implementation knowledge and it has real sort of this accelerated learning path as well, mm. which means that doing a couple of years that I did in consultancy, I learned so much very, very quickly. And you see very different ways that clients use Salesforce, which completely opens up your mind to the possibilities of how to use the platform. Then you can gather all that experience to know when you should do something and when it's a good idea not to do something. You, you really go with the pains and also the gains of it because of this sort of accelerated learning piece. Yeah. Then also consultancies, because of the nature of, of how Salesforce works, they are usually very supportive in you to learn and gain certifications because it's mutually beneficial. You gain those certifications because it helps with your CV it helps the consultancies also to um, bolster up their, their sort of turning around and going, we've got X amount of consultants with X amount of certifications. It bolsters their progress, I suppose, yeah. as, a, as a person. Yeah. 
And uh, consultancies can also be very supportive, any PR opportunities, which might be speaking at community conferences or user groups as well. So that uh, that also helps with their PR, too. So it's, you know, again, mutual beneficial. And it's a very much a work hard, play harder lifestyle. So <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, you know, if you are young or young at heart and you, you're OK with that side of things, then, then go for it. There's also potential downsides as well, whereby... Yeah. If you are in a consultancy, then potentially you are a product of the consultancy as well, which means if you're on delivery side of things, you are being literally sold out to a customer. And so, yes, you could be asked to go onto client side upon request and at any point, and that can actually affect with your personal life. So it's a choice here. Consultancies are getting better because they realize that people are human and have lives. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah. and if they want to keep people they have to be a little bit respectful of that that's brilliant so, that's, a, that's a really good answer because we yeah we get that an awful lot with with people wondering what the difference is and, and i suppose every single consultancy is a little bit different you know some of them don't have the global clients that means they're going to send you around the world but but um ultimately the way you just phrase that is perfect product of the consultancy and if, if they if they need you on, on a on a client site because that's you know how you're going to be um making money for the company then then you've got to go and do it haven't you um but it sounds like i was looking at your your um cv if you like for want of a better word your linkedin mm. profile and correct me if i'm wrong but the only the only place type of place you haven't worked yet is like, is like an isv is that right or, or have i missed have i missed something no that's right actually i haven't worked uh, for an isv i've worked very closely with them i've, I've even done videos for them as, as a client oh, yeah. uh, but i haven't actually <laughs> i haven't actually worked on on that side of the business and and that's also another aspect of it as well whereby uh you know you have the consultancy side you've got end user side you've got isv side and isvs are the ones who potentially create uh, apps that, that will connect in with salesforce and that can be very interesting because you are creating a product that uh, works well hopefully with salesforce and uh you can work alongside with end users who are buying into salesforce and also your product because it helps to meet a need and you can also get involved with the community as well and go to all the world tours and dream forces of the world so you know it can be an interesting additional type of uh, role to go into if uh, if you like the idea of sort of more purist product development and and supporting that product as opposed to being the product as part of consultancy yeah and i mean there's always a professional services side to it as well isn't there and um i think some people can can be concerned that they're going to go far too narrow and and only specialize in one product Mm -hmm. um would you say that that's a a fair thing to 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 be concerned about going to work for an isv it can be yeah i mean that's a that's a fair risk i suppose and it depends on what role you take in any of these businesses as well because you could be working in a sales role selling that particular product now as a salesperson if you have those traditional classical sales skills you can then potentially sell one product and go to another place and sell another different product as well so you know that can be a wide-ranging skill base um equally if you are then doing implementation side if you have those Salesforce skills, I think it's it's massively beneficial, especially if you've got a, a particular product and how that might be built, and that could be built natively within Salesforce, or there is some serious code base behind it. You, If you understand how Salesforce works in conjunction with your app, then potentially you're building a much better product that's going to flip very nicely in with the customer needs and with the Salesforce implementation they've got as well. And I think that's when particular products work better. And some of them don't. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, um, 
appreciate my going over and over some bits and bobs, but what, what, what for you, what was the difference what, from being a contractor to being a, for want of a better word, a permanent employee? Because I know you, that you've done both as well. Um, does that, is there any particular difference other than the perceived financial difference? Yeah, there's very much perceived financial difference, but that can also depend on how savvy you are about moving from one contract to another. Mm. If, if you're a contractor, you really have to expect those fallow periods where things sometimes just slow down. And, and it often can be the case um, when it is the end of the Salesforce financial year. So the beginning of the new calendar year can be a quiet time because there are people are looking to maybe buy into Salesforce and then after that projects will kick off. So maybe well, the January, February time can be quiet for some people unless they're midway in the contract anyway, midway through a project. I was going to say, just for people that don't know, do you, when is the end of the Salesforce calendar year? It is the end of January. So the beginning of February is the brand new calendar for financial year for Salesforce. And then hopefully by then they've signed off deals and then customers start thinking, okay, great. Now we've got the licenses. We've got the deal. Good. Now we need to think about our project. Then it might take another month or so for projects to start mm. kicking into gear for then thinking, oh, I need X amount of resource to actually help build this. So March, April time can be a positive time for finding people, I think. Do, would, would you, I mean, again, with regards to contract or, or, or being permanent, do you feel sometimes as well that you, you know, you, you don't never, you never really get to know your, 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 uh, your team or is that not fair? Do you, do you still feel like one of the team when you're, you know, you know jumping in for six months on a, on a project and then leaving? I think this is the same with consultancy life though. So That's consultancy true. strike a bit of contract. You work for a short time potentially or with a client to deliver an implementation of project. And this is one of the things also that made me feel sort of pine as well, I suppose. And that's why I sort of moved over to end user was that for me, You've, you've had a lot of intense time working on a project to deliver something. You've, you've really bonded potentially with your clients as well. You've gone through the ups and downs of change management and, and the emotional pull that projects can take you on. And uh, when you get to a point whereby you've now, you've delivered it, you're, you're now handing it over to the client and going, good luck. <laughs> you don't know how it's going to be adopted or how they're going to move forward with it. And as a consultant, you then at that point, you can go, thanks, good luck, bye. Or maybe I'll move you over to our managed services team to look after it. And then you go on to another project, bang, you know, you're straight off. And it can work as well with, with contracting because contracting, as soon as you're done, great, thanks. We're now going to move it to the BAU team, the business as usual team, which might mm. be a much smaller team. And you've gone. You don't know how the business, how the customer works with it moving forward. Whereas if you're on end user, you build something and then you live with it. And actually living with an org, a Salesforce org, is very different to just build and go, build and go, build and go. Yeah, and some people can see that as a bad thing, can't they? Oh, I'm, you know, I might get bored of, of having the same org, but I suppose that comes down to the individual end user company and how much they're investing in the upgrades and, and the, the latest shiny stuff. Um, yeah, absolutely. So, so that you always, you know, you always got a new project to do, what have you. Um, so your your actually, I think one of the questions you wanted me to ask you was the types of roles that you've had. I appreciate we touched on it quite a bit from 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 right at the beginning all the way up to the exciting new role you're about to start. Do you mind just talking us through through that journey, if that's okay? Yeah, sure. So uh, I started right at the beginning as this accidental admin and started then working purely as an admin, making all the changes uh, for, for the system as based on older requirements and, and doing all the reporting and stuff. And then realised that 
wasn't quite my calling um, and so wanted to get more into the actual organization side of things so I started as both analyst and then admin then moved into project management and had a couple of roles within project management well within consultancies whereby I was very much still learning the ropes of it and I think every day is still a, a school day on that hmm. and and also helping consultancies with their own processes of from initial inquiry all the way through the sales process to delivery process to handing over to managed services if, if that's what they've got in the consultancy as well. And, and how do you take a customer through that and the whole change management side as well. And I, I actually talk a lot about change management when I'm at conferences. So I've, I've really sort of had a long time as project managers and project manager roles and then went into back into end user side whereby I then ran a department so all the business systems for a company where and in fact one of them was actually I did two jobs at the same time because because I was stupid because <laughs> <laughs> why would you do that yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. So did so I did that, and one part of my role was to manage the team and look after all the systems for the business. And one other job I did was to be a delivery manager, looking after Salesforce because it was a new toy and they had messed it up horribly, and they needed to be put back on track again. So I I, I did the two dual role aspects, and so so I did that part. Uh, then I sort of moved on and looked after again more the. the the, the, the looking after department head role and looking after multiple Salesforce orgs for a business. Again, this is very much people management, product management, uh, process management. You know, how do we look after all these things? How do we get capture requirements and push it through to an end solution while keeping the team engaged and and looking at their development needs and looking at looking making sure that the orgs are protected and safe and future proof and scalable and all that good stuff. Mm. All those things come together, which all this learning from even my background of sales and PR and marketing and random IT jobs as well, and literally crawling under desks and getting serial numbers off of, oh, really? off of wow. kits. oh yes, to build uh, asset management databases and buy in kit for, for big server and database refreshes and, and all these wonderful things and, and looking after supplies and looking after stock. All of this background and project management and working with consultancies has helped me get to this next role, which I'm about to start and very excited about, which is now to become a CTO for a business. I know, that's amazing, isn't it? And I've, I've just written down, it's, it is a journey from accidental admin to a CTO. <laughs> yeah. And, and um, people looking at your profile and listening to this, it's all, you, know, you look at it now and it probably looks like you, you know, this was your plan all along. But clearly, from <laughs> talking to you, it, it isn't. But um, it's amazing, isn't it? It's a fantastic journey you've been on in twelve in twelve years, which you know, in the whole scheme of things, isn't isn't a long time, is it? No, it's not. Um, for for someone to drop into this sort of technical sphere, yeah, absolutely, for, to to learn that and to keep learning and not being afraid as well to take those different challenges and and, and corners. Uh, I wrote a blog a few months ago actually about different journeys, and and I looked at uh, and it was it was basically because the time was doing a whole hey this is a careers week and we've decided we've defined your career path and I looked at this career path they had defined for myself and for my team and I just went no in the world of Salesforce absolutely not it's much wider than that and so I drew up this career path and it looked like career spaghetti because there were so many routes in there Mm. were so many routes you could take and there were so many routes out and I've looked at my own career spaghetti path and, and it has been, but it, it's every single turn, every single point that I've stopped at has given me so much learning, which has now kept 
keep adding to it and adding to it and adding to it, which helps with every change that you go through and, it, and every job you could do as well. You just go, oh, I'll bank that. I know it's going to be useful for another time. So never be afraid of the, the, the random things you, you fall into because you know it's going to be useful for the future. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and obviously with, with this podcast we're doing, we're speaking to people that have at least 10 years experience in Salesforce. So most of the people, yourself included, back then did fall into it and it was an accident and, uh, and, and they're all now in these, these senior roles. It's fantastic. I think a lot of people today are, are getting into it on purpose. Um, mm. So there might be a slight, a slight change there. But uh, Oh, you mentioned your blog as well. So do you mind telling us where, how we can find that so that everyone listening can, can track you down? Yeah, my blog is called Diary of a Sassy Girl. That's sassy as in uh, software as a service, not as in the other one. <laughs> sassy, S-A-A-S-Y. That's right. Cool. Yeah, so, I've been writing it for two years now, so over two years, in fact. So, uh, yeah, and there's a lot of, lot of emotion uh, that comes out at with a, with a job or a company or what I was feeling because I, I would write about it. So it's very much a thought leadership side of things as opposed to here's a new feature or here's a new release. It's very much me and my journey. You know what? It's such an incestuous world, though, isn't it? Do you find sometimes that you're, you know, you can't even in these, you know, these interviews, you can't necessarily talk about companies you've worked for in too much detail because you know you don't want to um, uh, say something that, that could get you in trouble. But so you're not you're not going into that much detail in the companies you've worked for. No, but you know, it doesn't take too much of a scientist <laughs> to uh, to look back at when it was written and where I was. <laughs> yeah, I know that's the problem these days, isn't it? I suppose, but. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Still, um, well, um, I'll make sure that we get that, that, that link to people later on. And, and also on that note, I'm, I'm going a little bit off tangent here, but are you not now part of the Ladies Be Architects uh, thing as well? Is that your manager of that, aren't you, or one of the founders? So I'm, I'm not a founder. Gemma is the founder. And, right. uh, and Gemma did ask me at the beginning of this year if I would get involved with them with their own sort of processes and organisation because that's what I have a, a good flair for. And I, and I uh, very much enjoyed helping them with that and uh, so much so that we got to uh, deliver a keynote at your dreaming in Amsterdam back in June which was a wonderful highlight but actually because of this role that's coming up for me as as a CTO I've I've had to back out with the ladies and just be the top secret advisor in the background and uh, so so Gemma and I are still very firm friends and uh, and chat very very regularly and I'm I'm always going to be there for the ladies and as part was Probably at Greenforce, I'll be there helping them out. But uh, it's really better for me to take a step back. And I'm, I'm already so involved with the community. I am a co-leader for uh, London Admins. I'm also a co-organiser for the London's Calling Community Conference. So adding Ladies Be Architects as well was quite a, an additional feast anyway. So uh, for me, for my sanity... It's good to just sort of go. Thanks, thanks, but I'll I'll step away now. Thank you. Unless they need you in Amsterdam again, of course, then then you're <laughs> straight over there. I, what, I, for people listening again, I'll, I'll make sure we get links to all this stuff so that your 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 London admin thing and your London's calling people might not know of that. So we, we I'll, I'll make sure we get that to people as well uh, at the end of this. So um, skipping on then to and you may have already touched on this, but is is there a project that you can think of that you're most proud of over those twelve years? And and um, it doesn't matter how big or small. And just is there one that springs to mind when you think of one that really makes you smile there's there's many which is great how I've helped really transform businesses and I think it's ironically the ones that they're in pain and you then start having conversations with them and you help to trans transform away from this idea of like Salesforce is rubbish I'm never gonna I'm gonna get rid of it it's not gonna work oh kind of kind of attitude to (laughs) 
oh, okay, no, it works. I get it. And this is, this is cool. And I remember one particular one whereby I, I just started at one of the consultancies and they sort of threw me into a client went, help, go and go and put, put your parachute on and go rescue them. So, okay. They have got service cloud. It's been implemented by somebody else. It's not going well for them. They're in a lot of pain. And yeah. I remember walking, going in, walking up into this room with 20 people in a U shape and, and let me standing in front of them. And I, I took along a, another a colleague who would sit there and, and type notes all day. And I stood up in front and just spot them talking and spent all day. And, and what was great was it, this wall behind me was one wall that you could uh, use a pen and, and just draw all over it and directly oh, right. or straight onto the wall. Yeah. So over the course of the day, I managed to write all over it twice. And by the <laughs> end of the day, I was literally on the floor sitting with all this crazy woman writing behind me of all the things they talked about, what they had uh, brought out and just, um, just going, okay, so tell me more about, yeah, there's this. Okay. We covered that. So there's this, let's cover that. And at the end of the day, my CEO walked into the room and looked horrified to find me sitting on the floor. <laughs> uh, going, what is she doing? Oh my God, why is she sitting on the floor? What's happening? This is the first time we've, this is the first contact we've had with this customer. What's going on? And then he suddenly <laughs> paused and realized that I'd got the room completely. They were completely listening to me. They were, they were in my hand. And he went, I went, okay, it's fine. She's got them. It's fine. Brilliant. And that was the beginning of turning this customer around. And within six months, delivered functionality that really worked for them integrations with with isv products as well and 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 they went on and, and actually their the product that they used and the integrations with their own uh, internal products ended up winning them awards for their customer service so it was a real transformation it was great oh i have to have i have to ask you the name now then see if i can find something on that so what company <laughs> do you mind it was dpd it was geopost DPD. so all those dpd vans you see driving around we helped Fantastic that they won awards. Oh, again, I'll, I'll see if I can find a little little bit of PR on that from from whenever that was. Um, brilliant, love that. Um, and uh, nearly finished. You, you, what's your, if there is such a thing, your favourite thing about Salesforce? Whether it is the the, the ecosystem itself, whether it's going to Dreamforce, whether it's yeah, just the product. Is there a, is there something you can sum up as your favourite kind of thing about Salesforce? I suppose if you look at the product side of things, it's the platform as a whole. And I think it's the whole ability that this platform can give. If you have the imagination, the budget and best practice, then you can create anything for any business. And that's, I think, really, really powerful. When it comes to, yeah, it is, it is. It's mm. not just one feature because there are so many features and no business uses all the features because of the innovation that constantly comes out with free releases each year. They have to keep being available to use everything. But it allows that one business can use this aspect and one business can use that aspect to transform their own way of working. So I think it's so powerful. Then for the ecosystem, it's the community because there is no other company out there no other company that has had the balls frankly to create a community and let it fly and whereby people who work with this little system not so little anymore Mm. but this system come together on a regular basis and talk about it and in those sessions you know we as community leaders have the the ability to say you know this month we're going to talk about whether it be a piece of functionality or we're going to talk about sort of recruitment side of things or we're going to talk about what what pains we have but it's a it's amazing how so many people have come together there are now over 1500 groups around the world who 
I know, who come together on a regular basis and talk about anything and everything, but with this commonality of Salesforce. And for me, it's really helped to move my career forward. I've made real great friends. I've learned so much. And I've learned more actually from working within a Salesforce ecosystem and reading about the Salesforce ecosystem at, uh, than I would do actually from working directly for a business. I've learned more. That's um, um, the, 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 the point about Salesforce letting it go a little bit is quite important, I think, isn't it? Because in, mm. in my experience in previous technologies in over the years, I'm not going to name names, but some of the, an obvious massive name would mm. definitely want to control every single little meetup that, that goes on around the world. Whereas I think Salesforce have been brilliant at just letting, letting it fly, trusting the ecosystem to just, to just you know, do the right thing. It's fantastic. Um, yeah. Are you, are you an MVP now? I can't remember if you, or you had, <laughs> did you have that? That's such a controversial question. Oh, is it? Sorry. I, I'm, not, I'm not an MVP. I've never been an MVP. And it is now getting to the point whereby it's now on a yearly basis, it used to be twice a year, when uh, call for MVPs or when, when people get voted and they get reviewed and, and some people get then, yes, you know, well done, you're MVP, or renewed. It's never happened to me. And I'm now having to sort of almost console people when it doesn't happen to me. And I'm going, I'm really sorry I didn't get it. I have nothing I can do about this, but I'm really sorry that I didn't get it. I know you're hurt. What do do you need to do then to get other than, because with everything you've done, how are you not an MVP? And I know it's probably a question you're asking yourself, but. I think there's some very serious Salesforce magic that goes behind the scenes. But actually one, I have have a true theory and that's because of the route that I have taken and, and how I work within Salesforce. I am not the person that's every day behind the setup and, I think maybe they appreciate more people who are the purest of admins and developers and architects who uh, work every day behind the setup than I do. And and especially now with my role moving into CTO, I'm, I may be even moving further away from what they perceive as an ideal aspect. So, you know what? It's not something I chase. I have made that conscious decision of just going, you know what? I'm doing what I do because I love what I do. No, fair enough. And, and I, I, I seem to remember certainly um, more than once when, when, when the, the uh, customer tour comes around, you're mm. always, you, you, you used to be, I don't know if you still are, but you're always one of the people in the list of people you must meet and things like that. So that's, that must be nice. Yes, it's, it's, it's very lovely, actually. And, uh, and um, you know, it's, it's very nice when people just looking at you and going, oh, hi, you're Amanda. Oh, my God. You're like, oh, okay. <laughs> you're famous. Right. You're famous. It's weird, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Strange place to be, and uh, and it's very lovely actually. It's very gracious, and I'm, and I always try and give people the time to answer any random question they might have because I was there, and I've and I've looked up to people who are running you know groups and just going, wow, you know, how do you do this? How do you know all this stuff? And the answer I, is, we don't. We don't well, know everything. It's, it's, it's time and experience, and I remember trying to come up to you once at a world tour. You weren't even at a stand. I think you were just knocking around, and uh, it was impossible. There, there were, I think, there was a line of God knows how many people waiting to talk to you. So that that's <laughs> nice, but I imagine terrifying as well. It's not well, not terrifying. I mean, I'm well, not for you. <laughs> <laughs> From my background of of being in sales and certainly working within the drinks industry is my first job, uh, and having presentation skills and being thrust with a mic in my hand and go and talk to thousands of people you get used to that very very quickly uh, I do have however uh, comments by friends who have walked uh, London World Tour with me going you're a nightmare to walk with because you walk two meters and stop to people so um, yeah 
uh, but that's the like, beauty of these events as well. I love it. You're like, like Tom Cruise on the red carpet, aren't you? But you just <laughs> up and down, getting pictures. Love it. Um, well, I, well, I think we're nearly there. I, I, um, I can ask you, I'll ask you one more question if that's okay. Um, and then we'll let you go. So what if, if, if there was a takeaway for some of these, you know, the, the young Amanda out there who's, uh, you know, looking to, to, to break into Salesforce or perhaps they're in their first role or, and all of that, uh, what would be a tip, a particular tip for somebody at the beginning of their Salesforce career if you, uh, if you could think of one? I think if you are already in a business that's about to go on a Salesforce journey, put your hand up. If you're in, in the slightest way interested, grab it, go for it, because being an accidental admin has changed my life. It was, it's brilliant. If you are also interested, you've, you've maybe done some computer science background or degree, then I know there are consultancies out there who are very practical and learn Salesforce and move forward. But I think that's also maybe a bit limiting because I came from a non-technical background and here I am. Yeah. So there's also now businesses out there who are helping and encouraging people who are maybe returning back to work like the Supermum. So it's another link there for you. Um, who are helping people go into a different career and and offer them a flexible lifestyle working because Salesforce can offer that as a potential career changer as well. So there are ways and Trailhead is great in order to start learning about the whole platform in very different ways, whether that be sort of uh, even management ways or even your own well-being, let alone what can the platform do. It can give you a real starter to, to understand that then get your certifications because that will bolster you but overall experience wins and as a hiring manager you could have all the certifications in the world but i want to know that you've gone through pain frankly of of, of implementation so yeah. you have understood what's the better way of doing things and what not to do because i don't want them to break in my world and you know having that knowledge is really powerful and um uh, yeah I, we get that a lot actually some people that have the certifications just can't get the experience and um i think there's still opportunities to to, to even offer yourself as a uh, pro bono bit of work for, for for some some maybe some of the salesforce.org customers that that yeah. has been a, a route for some people as well so it's uh that's yes. can, you, can you imagine if trailhead was around 12 years ago i'd imagine you'd have been all over that it's it's amazing opportunity for people isn't it it is nice and, and i definitely use trailhead now as a way of having a quick learning idea about a particular subject to get a, an understanding of it but I would never make it a thing of, oh, well, I've done all the trailhead, therefore I know everything about Salesforce. So don't, don't even kid yourself about that. Honestly, it's when you get hands on to the actual system is when you really learn something. And the experience of going through projects and the pain of it all, of, of really understanding you know, what to do, how to do it, why do you do builds, build things in certain ways? Why am I asking about what my stakeholder wants? It all helps with the whole implementation process. Brilliant. Um... Amanda, I've got to let you go. It's been it's been longer than I anticipated, and I'm sorry for that. But uh, brilliant! I mean, thank you very much for, for being a brilliant guest, and uh, and genuinely, congratulations on your career to date. Um, from as we said, accidental admin to, to a CTO, it's it's unbelievable. Um, and, and credit to your hard work. Um, and yeah, I look forward to obviously seeing how it pans out from there. But but thanks very much for for, for, for joining us today. Thank you. Uh, it's been lovely chatting. So thank you very much. No worries. Thank you very much.
Uh, wow, well, a huge thanks there to Amanda Beard Nielsen for, for taking the time to chat with us today. Um, hope you all enjoyed it and, and found it very useful, um, particularly for me, the, the, the parts about um, self-learning, trailheads, certifications, all, all, all great things that you can do in your spare time. Um, following the path that's right for your personality. So if you're great with people, uh, you, you're maybe not going to enjoy being stuck behind a laptop all day. Um, I'll also share um, her, her blog. Uh, I'll share the link to, to her blog on, on the show notes and also the um, the other things she's involved in, the London admins and the London's calling. Um, so yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed it and and uh, make sure you subscribe to make to get the latest uh, podcast from us um, and, uh, and any comments would be great as well and share with your friends so that we can reach as wide an audience as possible. Um, hope to catch you next time. <laughs>